Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. You have a choice. We can either work together on legislation or we can spend all of our time with you doing these investigations, but you can't do both. Uh, I'm well, not wait, wait, wait. You can do both. And, 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 and wait a minute. And presidents have done both plenty of times. Right. But don't, you can't, it's not reasonable to expect the president to, to work with you on Monday on a big infrastructure bill and then on Tuesday have you punch him in the face over 15 different investigations. Are, 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 you, were, you were in Congress for six years. Are you aware? I mean, you were. You were sure. there of what uh, the Republicans did to Barack Obama yeah. and Hillary Clinton on Benghazi, on Fast and Furious. And, and they got some things done, despite the fact that these were aggressive partisan investigations. Well, we, we didn't get very much done. In fact, uh, listen, I would be the first to admit that the Tea Party wave of which I was one got here in 2011. The last thing we were interested in is giving President Obama legislative successes. That's where the Democrat Party is right now. The difference between then and now is that so many of these Democrats got here by saying they wanted to reach across the aisle and they wanted to work with the president. A lot of those swing districts folks are in there saying, you know, we're not really interested in those in the investigations. We want to work with our friends across the aisle. We're giving them a chance to do that. What we're telling them is you can't do both. You can't go home and tell the voters back home that you're going to work with the president and then come to Washington and do nothing but investigate the president. So is it fair to say whatever Congress hands him, he'll sign. He just may not be enthusiastic about it. No, I don't think so. You're not ready to go there. No, I, you can't, can't definitive. We cannot definitively rule out a government shutdown at the end of this week. You absolutely cannot, and here's why. Okay. Let's say, for sake of this discussion, that the Democrats prevail, and the hardcore left-wing Democrats prevail. There was a Democrat congresswoman who put out a tweet and yesterday about zero dollars for uh -huh. DHS. So let's say that the hardcore left-wing of the Democrat Party prevails in this negotiation, and they put a bill on the president's desk with, say, zero money for the wall, or right. 800 million, some absurd low number. How does he sign that? He cannot in good faith sign that. Exactly. I like Mick Mulvaney so far doing this uh, chief of staff job. First and foremost, he knows a lot of the players inside of Congress. As much as I like uh, General Kelly, um, I understood that he had very limited contact with members of Congress, really didn't know how to deal with them effectively. And at one point, I thought that might actually be an advantage, but it turned out not to be an advantage. Reince Priebus uh, had too many established relationships on one side of the aisle and zero on the other side of the aisle. One thing about Mick Mulvaney, and I did, uh, you know, I did watch his career since he was one of the Tea Party guys that came up, and uh, he's thoughtful. And that's important. For a chief of staff, um, they need to be thoughtful. That doesn't mean that they can go out spouting their own views. He held pretty tough, pretty, pretty tough to the president's views in all of the interviews that he conducted over the weekend. The one thing, though, that was uh, um, a little bit distracting for me when it came to um, to Mick Mulvaney's comments, uh, particularly the comments uh, in the last uh, soundbite that you heard, was, does the president really think that uh, anybody's going to take what Mick Mulvaney says seriously. Uh, the one problem that I've had all along with President Trump is he, he gets people who I assume he trusts and then he pretty much um, finds out they're not trustworthy. And so now he's like a wounded, uh, you know, animal. 
He's been burned so many times by people who he trusted who ended up not being trustworthy that he is reluctant to trust anybody. That's my my take on it. And I, I see that in the manner that he talks about even people who he has decided to put into positions or nominates them for important positions. He's like kind of wary um, these days, which is... I guess appropriate, but concerns me because I want someone to be selected by this president because they uh, not only share the same philosophies as this president, but that they're also um, hell bent on getting stuff done. You know, yeah, uh, the the American people were tired. We're tired of good ideas that go nowhere. We're tired of bad ideas that just you know hang around and stink up Congress. We're just tired. We want to see some, and I don't, I don't like to use the word cooperation because that's not what I mean. They have to work together, but they don't have to cooperate. They have to duke it out and they have to come up with plausible alternatives, uh, one and another, one another. It is meant to be a battle. The People's House, the House of Representatives is where the fighting takes place. It's where legislation gets crafted. Now, the Senate, they could sit around and be all deliberative if that's, you know, how they see their role. And essentially, that is their role. Um, they are the deliberative body. They get to, you know, ponder things and they get to do these long, drawn out uh, confirmation hearings. It's all like I could never. I mean, I could go to the House. First and foremost, you're only tied up for two years, if so if you so choose. And second, it's where the fight is you know if you want to um you want your legislation to to get to the floor you got to fight for it to get to the floor in the senate you don't really propose that much unless you're in consort with somebody in the house the only you know major pieces of legislation that you can even remember okay this is this is a test for all of you because i asked myself this question last night what major pieces of legislation began in the senate that you can remember i came up with in the last 12 years was my measure. So it was the uh, Obama administration, the end of the um, Bush administration, and the beginning of the Trump administration. Two years off the front and the back, okay? What was a major piece of legislation that begun or began in the Senate? Okay. What is the Gang of Eight immigration bill? That's the only one I remembered. Now, I went online, I did a little research, and there were a few others. But the only one I remember is the one that was so bad that uh, it can't be forgotten. And it was the one that our senior senator, Marco Rubio, had helped craft, okay? So it, that's not where the, the fight is. The fight is in the House. The fight is where uh, the little guy who comes from a district in Iowa has equal footing with a little guy who comes or a little gal who comes from a district in Queens, New York. OK, no matter what their you know, status is inside of their districts, um, they just one out of 435 people. They can bring up legislation. Um, they got to duke it out. They got to get co-sponsors for any legislation that they want. Who is this? Indiana mayor aims to be the youngest president. Is somebody else jumping into this race? The mayor of Indiana. Isn't Indiana a state? Anyway, we'll have to uh, check that out. These things flash by on the screen so quickly that um, 
I don't even know. Migrant held at holding facility in Piedra Negras, Mexico, while asylum claims processor or is being processed. This is going to be phenomenal, this whole experience of watching the president down at the border and watching Roberto O'Rourke, uh, you know, trying to duke it out with the president. It's a prelim, guys, for uh, 2020. But I digress. The house is where the hashing out, the detail work gets done. And the idea that we have so many people who fall in line with leadership that they've forgotten that they actually have some real power. You know, they can uh, move forward with legislation. I, I remember a, a freshman congressman, um, I, I went in and spoke with him, and I said, you know, where's your legislation? Have you, like, you know, put anything forward? Well, it's not that easy, and I put forward this one thing, and it was a, a rather inconsequential thing, and he had basically not uh, drafted it. He had essentially co-signed somebody else's draft, and I said, yeah, but, like, you had all these great ideas when you ran. You were talking about this and that and the other. Why don't you start working on some of this? Well, there's a lot to be done. I have to do They are just... Um, they're just so full of crap when they're running. That's what it is that they, or else they're delusional because they think they can do things that they then find out they can't do. But you know what I found? They can do stuff. Look at Ocasio-Cortez. As much fun as I make of that little dweeb, right? She came right out of the box with a, with a resolution, right? She hadn't been there but a month. And she's already put the biggest deal on the table that's been put on the table yet. All of the old timers are sitting there going, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe we better sign on. At least it's something. Yeah, at some point, nobody will be able to say that she didn't honor her promise. She has honored every promise she made to her. Well, except for one. She said she wasn't going to vote for Nancy Pelosi for speaker. And somehow she did that after she had protested in her office about uh, who knows what. I don't even remember what she was protesting about. But she's been highly visible. What was it? It was about something about green something. That Nancy wasn't tough enough on. Uh, Whatever it was. I mean, I do remember that she, uh, you know, ir irritated the speaker who now, uh, you know, didn't put her on the com climate committee, um, I guess, as her just punishment. Um, and that's why, look, I, one thing I had to say about about Barack Obama, okay, and I didn't agree with Barack Obama on anything, really on anything. Uh, he was wrong in foreign policy. He was wrong in domestic policy. He was just wrong philosophically from where I am, period. Uh, the, I can't, I, I'm trying to remember if there was anything that I, I agreed with him on policy wise. I mean, I thought he was a good dad. You know, that, that's, that's it. Um, and that's not a policy. That's a, a lifestyle. But I, I didn't agree with him on anything. But credit where credit is due. He wanted health care reform, and he did it. Hillary Clinton wanted it when her husband was president. It got trashed. Uh, lots of people have wanted health care reform and were unable to get it. Barack Obama got it. Now, the fact that the hatchet master, uh, Nancy Pelosi, um, pushed it through in the manner that she did only served to arouse the passions of a then movement called the Tea Party movement. So I credit Barack Obama for the Tea Party movement. I thanked Barack Obama in my heart of hearts for lighting a fire on the conservatives in this country and forcing them to get candidates that at the time, they believed would go to Washington and, and represent their interests. Now, some did, most didn't. 
And that's exactly what the Democrats are going to find out right now. You have all of these freshman Democrats that came in, and they all came in promising we can reach across the aisle because they they won in districts that normally go Republican or swing either way, depending on the mood of the country and who's at the top of the ticket, if there is a top of the ticket, right? In 2020, a lot of these freshmen, goodbye, bye-bye, bye-bye. You said, and you didn't. You were supposed to, and you didn't. That's what happens. And until the American people really start firing these people, and by that I mean vote them out in two years, vote them out. What are you waiting for? They are not going to get better. They're just going to stink up the house more. Anyway, stay right where you are. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Well, I'll tell you, I, I did not watch the Grammys last night, so no, I am not going to discuss them. I never even heard of the people who won the Grammys. How about that? And uh, and that's, that's fine. Uh, music... It has become uh, a completely different industry than it was when I first got into the radio business or even more importantly, when I first started listening to the radio. Um, you know, I was a kid growing up in New York. We had WABC and WMCA. We had music on the AM dial, of course, and, uh, and we had sports shows and we had great talk shows. And radio was probably uh, at the beginning in the, of its zenith. Um, and that's how I heard music. I, I would not have known who the Beatles were if it weren't for Cousin Brucie. I would not have known down here if you were living down here at the time. Um, you got to know them because of Rick um, over at Magic. And and it, may he rest in peace. Um, Cousin Brucie's still alive, but uh, but not not Rick. Um, and and that was it. Now. If I depended on, on music radio, and God bless them, we got my sister stations, they do a great job, they get great ratings, people do listen to them, but I don't, I don't really find new music at all. Um, I have a, what do they call it, Spotify account, I have a Pandora account, and so if I type in whatever kind of music I'm in the mood for, then that's the kind of music that's going to get played. I get that, you know. Um, and I don't type in new hits from, what was that, the person's name? Something, uh, somebody told me it was Danny Glover, who's actually the person who won some award, but I don't, I, ne I never heard of the person's name. Something. No, it's not Danny Glover? No, it's Donald Glover. It's not the Danny Glover you're thinking of. Oh, okay. Months, okay? No. Oh, Donald Glover. Who's Donald Glover? Um, he also goes by, what's his other name? Uh, I can't think of his other name, but anyway. Yeah, he's been on a few shows. You'll recognize him. I will? Oh, he goes by Childish, Ga Childish Gambino. That's who won, Childish Gambino. Yeah. Yeah. That's what kind name. of a name is that? Childish Gambino. That's what he was going for. That oh. was his name. When he he's won. acting, he's Donald Glover. But is he related to Danny Glover? No. Are you sure? sure. <laughs> I'm sure somebody by now, I followed his career quite yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, because he's a comic also. Uh, then I don't think he's probably... Yeah, he a... started as a comic, I believe, and then does music on the side, and then acting came along. Okay. So does three things. Do you know what mov movies he's ever been in? Well, I know he's voiced, I believe. He's uh, in Spider Martian and the... Spider-Man. Yeah. And the... Solo. Yep, he was in Solo. And uh, Magic Mike. I didn't know he was a magic mic. Yeah. Couldn't have been. Yeah, it says he was. I don't watch that movie, so. Um, but he is not related to to Danny Glover. Oh, we need a break. Yes. Okay.
Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional, sir, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. One of the debates we've had recently is around what happens to private insurance. Should ending private insurance, as we know it, be a Democratic Party goal? And do you think it's an urgent goal? Oh, yeah. It is a goal and an urgent goal, but let me explain. I ran on Medicare for All in 2006 in my upstate New York two-to-one Republican district. And the reason I ran on that message was because I listened first. I traveled around the district, asked people what's on your mind, what's your worry. Overwhelmingly, they said, I'm worried about access to health care. Uh, I don't believe that. So today, on an island in the middle of the mighty Mississippi, in our nation's heartland, at a time when we must heal the heart of our democracy and renew our commitment to the common good, I stand before you as the granddaughter of an iron ore miner, as the daughter of a teacher and a newspaper man, as the first woman elected to the United States Senate from the state of Minnesota, to announce my candidacy for President of the United States. I'm... What's your name? I, What's I am your name? for this job for every person who wants their work recognized and rewarded. Okay. Her name is Amy Klobuchar, and the first voice you heard was Kirsten Gillibrand. Both have declared their candidacies, and like, I'm trying to think of what is the, um, what are the odds on either one of these ladies making it even onto the big debate stage? What you know, I'm saying they got about a hundred to one odds of being gone before the first debate. Now that's cold. I know it is, but. You got to raise money. You got to get support and endorsements from uh, people who are substantial. Explain to me who is going to endorse Kirsten Gillibrand. I mean, it's not going to be Hillary Clinton. It's it's not going to be Barack Obama. It's not going to be well. You know who are the big players? Bill Clinton. Well, he might. She's kind of hot. Um, so, she, you know, who is she going to get endorsed by? Is anybody uh, pining for AOX endorsement? Should we all hold off and wait until we see who uh, Ocasio-Cortez is going to endorse? Man, oh man, oh man. I, I just, I, I, I wish that the Republicans would get back in power on their own merit instead of on the disaster that the Democrat Party is turning into. That's all. I mean, if they are going to hang on to any kind of leadership position like they have in the House, they're going to have to do better than Amy Klobuchar, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, and what's the guy's name? But Buttyig? I can't even remember his name. That's not a good sign. You know, when the people who haven't declared yet, I know their names, but the ones who have declared, I'm not really sure. Man, oh man! But but listen, I'm so out of the loop. I didn't even know who uh, Childish Gambino was. So, 
there you have it. You know, I, I'm I'm probably not gonna. I didn't know who Twenty One Savage was until he got arrested. Which brings us to immigration. Which brings us to a subject that's uh, unfortunately still near and dear to my heart since we just haven't uh, moved on this issue in all these years that I've been talking about it. The U.S. Border Patrol pulled a soaking baby from the freezing Rio Bravo as they rescued a family with young children and our elected leaders are arguing over ICE detentions, okay? Families with young children are being rescued by U.S. patrol boats. And our elected representatives are sitting up there talking about the most insane, crazy stuff to not get a deal that I've ever heard of. Now, now listen to this. Democrats want a cap on the number of illegal immigrants uh, caught within the United States, including criminals. Now, l- let me explain what that means to you. If you don't have a place to house them or to detain them, I mean, it's truly detention. Uh, they broke a law. They came over. It might be a minor law to some of you. It's not that minor to me. Um, and as a direct result of that, well, let me point out some other things that happened this weekend because I think this is where the president fails, is he doesn't... Um, bring home the subject matter. Uh, in Maryland, over the weekend, human traffickers were arrested and then were released on bond despite immigration and public safety concerns. Three weeks after Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland, declared war on human trafficking, two guys who were accused of actually being in the illegal uh, sex trade got released from jail in spite of the fact that they are um, flight risks, that their immigration status would actually necessitate a, a, a detainer, an ICE detainer on them. So the very law enforcement agencies that are supposed to be working in the state of Maryland to eradicate the pimps and the madams now find themselves at the mercy of a judicial system that has a very lenient worldview. Okay? Um, the Montgomery County Police Department's gang unit conducted an undercover sting at an apartment building along Garland Avenue in Silver Spring. Spring. By the way, adjacent to a, an elementary school, the Rolling Terrace Elementary School. The officers witnessed men come and go from the building. Police, you know, stopped a couple of the Johns as they left the area, all admitted to paying for sex with an unknown woman inside. One man confessed to shelling out $30 for a 20-minute appointment. Another man explained he knocked on the apartment door, was let in by a short, heavyset man, paid that individual 35 bucks, and was then allowed into the bedroom. So the following day, the police entered the apartment, the first floor apartment with a search warrant. Inside, they found a man, a woman, condoms, lubricants, wipes, lingerie, and ledgers, $1,000 in cash, and a small bag of cocaine. The woman, who's not being identified, told investigators that she had traveled from New York City to Silver Springs to work as a prostitute. She further claimed to have provided sexual services to 63 clients in less than three days. 
three into 63 is 21 a day. Not for nothing, but is this something that, that we should overlook? In a separate interview room, Roberto Diaz Mejia, 38, explained he had been living in the apartment for approximately two months. He's not on the lease, but is living there as part of an arrangement where he collects the money from clients when they come to have sexual intercourse with prostitutes, police wrote in a court document obtained by ABC7. He also cooks and... He also cooks and provides security for the prostitutes as necessary. What a guy, huh? He makes sure that uh, she's doing 21 guys a day, but she gets three squares. Diaz Mejia freely stated that a man by the name of Herlan Javi Rosales Velasquez. How many names is that? Herlan Javi Rosales Velasquez. Too many names. 34 would come to the apartment every two days to collect money. Rosales Velasquez reportedly paid Diaz Mejia around $260 a week for his various household services. That's like slave wages. Rosales Velasquez brings in new girls and takes out the old girls. Like, like uh, puppies in, a, in, in the humane society. Take out the old ones, exterminate them, you know, just euthanize them, bring in the new puppies. You know, 21 a day, how long you think they're going to stay new? In court a few days later, the Montgomery County State Attorney's Office told District Court Judge Karen Ferretti it had a list of concerns about D.S. Mejia's being released from jail on any sort of bond. There's no form of employment aside from the illegal form of employment described in the charging document. And I do have concerns about him being a potential for flight risk and a danger to the community. In its rebuttal, the public defender's office explained Diaz Mejia is a native of the Dominican Republic, that he moved to the U.S. in 96 and currently holds a resident card. It went on to explain that Diaz Mejia has an eighth grade education and recently suffered a serious accident that impacted his employability. After listening to both sides, Judge Ferretti granted Diaz Mejia a $10,000 unsecured personal bond, which means you don't have to put any money down. You just sign a piece of paper and you go out the door. Who is this Judge Ferretti? I mean, you can believe in uh, humane treatment of illegal immigrants. I get that. You can want the dreamers all to get amnesty. I get that. But you let a guy out who literally was running a prostitution apartment on his own recognizance for all intents and purposes. I mean, if he if he reneges on the bail and he disappears, do you think they're going to find him for his 10 grand? In a separate court proceedings, the state attorney's office told Montgomery County District Court Commissioner A. Unwazuriaiki, I can't pronounce it, A. Unwazuriaiki, that it didn't think it was appropriate to grant the Rosales Velasquez an affordable bond. He's a danger to the safety and welfare of the women he's alleged to have been exploiting, as well as a danger to the community. Furthermore, he's facing up to 30 years of incarceration and up to $20,000 in fines if convicted. So the state thinks that presents an incentive for flight. Yet guess what? 
Commissioner Underwater, whatever, stated that because Rosales Velasquez was gainfully employed, gainfully employed, okay, he was a pimp and had no apparent criminal record. Oh no, she was he was a, she was a prostitute, not a pimp. She was willing to grant the undocumented. Wait, is he the guy or the or the woman? Stated that because Rosales Velasquez was gainfully employed and had no apparent criminal record. No, it's the guy. She was willing to grant the undocumented immigrant a bond that required he post, are you ready? $800 for release. He was out of jail an hour later. They did need to uh, um, actually check his home address before they released him, but they didn't do that. No. A Hyattsville address listed in court documents turned out to be invalid. Oh, my God, said Karen Ayala Ventura after ABC7 knocked on her front door. We rented the basement to Harlan, but he moved out more than a year ago. She explained that she and her husband had no indication that Rosales Velasquez was dabbling in nefarious circles. In fact, the alleged human trafficker had invited the couple to his daughter's birthday party a few years ago. What if he doesn't show up for court? Will the police kick down our door looking for him? You cannot, you cannot allow this to continue. We finally have somebody in the White House who wants to put an end to this crap. And if you're going to sit around and plead, uh, you know, humanity or, or having a humane attitude towards people who break our laws and people who are uh, running prostitution and true human sex trafficking, if my sympathies are supposed to lie with them, well, let me tell you something. I am a bad girl. Most people are not thinking about the environment. What they want is their taxes lowered. What they want is more access to education. Teslin talks a lot about what the parties do in the black community. And it's nothing, basically. It's just a lot of pandering during election season, and then they go away. I can tell you that... Generally speaking, in the black community, we're not sitting around talking about environmental policy. We want our kids to go to college. We want to be able to put food on the table. We want to be property owners. We want to be productive, contributing citizens to society. And we want some of these barriers that have been thrown up against us by the government, by other issues, removed. That's what we want. Yeah. That's what everybody wants. And that's why this constant uh, repetition about how... You know, society is inherently racist and there's an inherent privilege associated with being a man and particularly with being a white man. It's uh, just so much hooey because for the most part, I don't know anybody who sits around and says, uh, oh, well, listen, I'm a member of the Hispanic community. I'm a member of the African-American community. I'm a woman. And the thing that concerns me the most is climate change. And yet that's what the uh, Democrat Party wants us to believe, that the the people that they claim to be the advocates for, that's what they want. That they're afraid that in 12 years, it's all going to be over <laughs> because we didn't do enough about climate change. Look, I, um, I've seen a... a, a fair share of climate change in my 65 years, or at least the 60 that I've been conscious of the climate. And for the most part, it is, it moves in very, very small gradations. There appears to be, uh, both an, a cause and effect of a natural sort, a cause and effect, I believe, of a spiritual sort, and then a cause and effect of man.
Okay. Now, man impacts his environment. Man also tries to uh, minimize the impact of, on his environment. Man is quite good, as we learned here in America, at, for instance, recycling. 